Hi, horses. Today we have with us here Dr. Ari Tuckman. We're going to be talking about ADHD. I see in the chat somebody is already saying uh, ADHD isn't real. And uh, I guess we'll we'll start there. Uh-oh, I'm having some camera issues. We'll start there. Speaking of ADHD. Um, Dr. Tuckman, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself a little bit while I uh, fix my uh, frame right here? Sure. So, yeah, I'm a psychologist. I'm in private practice. I've been doing stuff related to ADHD for about 25 years now. I've written four books. I've presented all over the place. I've done a ton of interviews like this. I am all about ADHD. My most recent book is called ADHD After Dark, and I take a look at how ADHD impacts not only a couple's relationship, but also their sex life. So, um, yeah, we're going to have an interesting conversation here, I think. Uh, their sex life. Can you yeah. uh, explain how ADHD is related to uh, sex there? Sure. Well, so, you know, if somebody has ADHD, that comes with them everywhere they go. Um, just as we bring all of ourselves in all of our ways to all of our relationships and interactions, that also impacts a couple's sex life. It affects how the couple, you know, gets along by day which then also has an impact on how interested someone's partner is in having sex with them by night, shall we say. So, so yeah, in a lot of ways, and we can get into that as well. Um, okay. Uh, what is ADHD? Sure. So it's, it stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Sometimes folks call it ADD or attention deficit disorder. Um, technically ADD is the old term. Um, but within ADHD, there are three subtypes. So one of them is the primarily sort of hyperactive impulsive subtype. Everybody knows who those kids are. Then there are the folks that are more the inattentive subtype, which is sometimes called ADD. So these are the folks who not hyperactive and impulsive, but they're distracted, forgetful, disorganized, procrastinators. They tend to struggle with managing time, all of that. But again, not hyperactive and impulsive. And then there are the combined type, which are folks who have both inattentive and also hyperactive impulsive symptoms. Uh, okay, so you're describing it kind of as a um, descriptor of behavior, like a statistical uh, outliers of how much attention the average person pays to anything. Is, it, is there, um, in your definition of ADHD, is there a cause? Yeah, so, you know, what we know from the research from lots and lots of research over the decades is ADHD is primarily genetic rather than environmental. Mostly it involves um, genes related to dopamine receptors. And, you know, at least the level of group averages, if you do brain scans about, you know, looking at kind of levels of activity in different parts of the brain, groups of folks with ADHD, it looks a bit different from groups of folks without ADHD does not mean you can use, um, you know, brain scans to diagnose individuals. But um, so, yeah, so those are the reasons of why some people struggle with this more. But, you know, the thing about it is ADHD is not it's not sort of like a yes or no. It's not a thing that people with ADHD are fundamentally different from folks without ADHD so much as on the bell curve of, let's say, the ability to sustain attention in the face of distraction, you know, we sort of say those folks who are at like that bottom 5%, they have, you know, they qualify for that symptom of ADHD and okay. the other 95% don't. Just like, you know, we all worry sometimes 
but there are folks who really, really worry a lot and it's much more disabling in their life. That's so anxiety. yeah, exactly. So it's not so black and white. Okay. I'm a ADHD skeptic. Okay. I, I'm much of the camp. I'm sure you hear this all the time of just school sucks. Yeah. School is shitty. And yep. you know, if you make a, if you, to me, the equivalent is like, if you made a shitty movie, at Transformers 6 or something, right? And I didn't pay attention to it. And then you tell me that I have to take a drug so I can follow your shitty movie. Does that, is yeah. there really something wrong with me? And I, and I think we do this with all, with all disorders. We say you're not fitting into society. And so on one hand, we have you. And on the other hand, we have the thing you're supposed to fit into. And I strive strong criticisms of the way that we treat children with this regard and uh so do you want to yeah uh, respond to that i do this is good so okay. so yeah so you're absolutely right that it is the individual within the context and sometimes mm -hmm. the problem so to speak is clearly the individual and sometimes clearly the problem is the context and a lot of times it's kind of a confluence of the two so you know yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things that we could and should do different about our educational system and frankly about every other thing in the world as well. So the fact that someone's not doing well at school doesn't mean that they have ADHD. There's a thousand reasons why someone isn't doing well at school. But even um, if the way they're doing not doing well at school is they can't sit still. Mm -hmm. uh, right. That that if you can't sit still, you don't do your homework, you procrastinate, you uh, you don't do the reading you're you're fiddling around you're more interested in other things i mean i think the, the, all those things to a, to an extreme degree would get you a diagnosis of adhd and then to get you some adderall or ritalin and then get you as kind of super glue to glue you to your seat make you do your work psychological psychiatric super glue mm -hmm. so let's separate out a couple of things um okay. there's the diagnosis and then there's the treatment Right. Yep. The one does not equate to the other. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, so the purpose of a diagnosis, whether it's ADHD or gluten intolerance or why does my car make that funny sound when I turn left? Right. The point of a diagnosis is it helps us understand why something is happening. And if you understand why something is happening, it's, it's tend to suggest that these types of interventions are probably going to be more helpful than those types of interventions. So what interventions you choose kind of depends on what you're trying to do, right? So mm -hmm. if you take a student who's struggling, well, I don't know, not everybody's really that academically oriented and that's totally fine, right? We need people in this world to go to college and do academic things. And we need people in this world to do lots of other things you don't need a college degree for. So if this I'm, kid well, I'm, is, set, I'm, I'm setting up a bit of a straw, man. I, I'm not, I know that you are probably not, approaching uh adhd with the manner yeah. i just described but i feel like as a society that does feel like the pipeline of your grades are slipping are you fiddling around with you know playing games yeah. on your phone in class have some drugs yeah and it sounds like you're somewhat critical of that you know, universal approach yeah i mean the problem of it is if you get the diagnosis wrong the treatment's probably not going to be right so if the mechanic gets the diagnosis wrong and why my car makes that sound when I turn left, 
he's probably going to replace parts that don't need to be replaced and he's going to leave in place the parts that are broken that should have been replaced right so if someone doesn't have adhd and you give them ritalin or adderall they don't actually do better okay so you know the sort of bigger picture i think on this is you know i mean some of this is about expectations you know like what do we expect from this particular person or this you know like all third graders or third grade boys or whatever right so how well or poorly someone is doing is partially dependent is 50 percent dependent on how we think they should be doing mm-hmm. you know so okay. you if you expect third grade boys to all be able to sit still they don't that's developmentally not appropriate to expect that some of them will sit still pretty well some of them will be really good and most of them will be not so good at it so you know, so there's that kind of frame as well. And of course, if you cram 33 kids into a classroom and expect the teacher to be able to manage it well, that's probably a setup for disappointment as well. Mm-hmm. Is the prevalence of ADHD rising? Um, so that's a multi-part answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, more people are being diagnosed with ADHD than have been right. in the past, right? Okay. Now, does that mean there's more ADHD out there or does that mean we're diagnosing more of it that's always been there? And I think the answer, it's a little bit of both. I think that certainly during the pandemic, it revealed, it sort of put a lot of people over the top, right? They are sort of holding it together. Pandemic, school from home, work from home, a lot of people who had been able to manage were no longer able to manage. So that led to a big spike in folks seeking a diagnosis of ADHD or treatment for ADHD. Um, um, okay, is there, a th- is there a ceiling on how, what percentage of children who get diagnosed with ADHD you're willing to tolerate before you say, this is no longer ADHD, this is just normal? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Like I totally, I mean, the thing about it is as an expert in ADHD, I don't want everybody to be diagnosed with ADHD. More is not better. The right number is better. And, you know, to really actually count towards a diagnosis of ADHD means you're actually struggling in your life. Like we all have our moments of being distracted, but some people are really distracted and it affects them not only in that boring math class with this shitty math teacher. It affects them in parts of their life that they do care about, it affects them outside of school. It affects them well beyond their school years. So there are those folks who really struggle, and then there are the folks who, it's, they're not really struggling, right? It's a little bit annoying maybe, but that does not count as a disorder. That's just kind of life. Okay. Uh, do you mind if I tell you something about myself? Sure. Okay. A, cu- a couple brief uh, points to make. One, when I was a kid, I remember my mother looking over my shoulder at me doing my homework and saying, "What? this is stupid. Why would they make you do this? Sure. And then, and then, uh, my father kind of similar attitude. So I grew, I, this, so this lens I'm using for this as, as kind of always been part of me of like, maybe the teacher's just a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not, maybe my bad grades are not a reflection of me. Maybe you are all stupid. And I, in my online career, this has helped me a lot. Stand up to, to when I'm, I say something controversial and a bunch of people are, you know, attacking me with something. I can say, no, I've been through this before. Everybody's stupid but me. I know what's happening here. At the same <laughs> time, 
I've sort of self-diagnosed myself with ADHD. It's mm-hmm. like th- there's th- things that happen to me that are not normal. Like one time uh, my car got repossessed because I forgot to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it's not a real forgetting. It's like a hazy awareness, but I just, I just didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I had the money. I just, I just didn't. And then I woke up one day and my car was just gone. So I don't, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to confirm or deny my diagnosis or anything, but my self diagnosis, but I, so in my relationship with my girlfriend, my girlfriend's a kind of type a perfectionist, uh, you know, straight a kind of, uh, you know, person. And, um, she, she gets really mad at me. Like when I forget things, uh, cause it makes, makes her feel like I don't care about her. And so she'll so, so, like with small things too, like packages will come and she'll say, well, what did you order from Amazon? I'll say, I have no fucking idea. I have absolutely no idea what's in this. And, and, um, that like that hurt her feelings that I, I just had no concept of like what's coming into the house or why, or, you know, like doing the dishes, just everything. I just forget everything. And so then I told her, like, I was like, maybe I'm just like retarded. You know, maybe we should just change our view of this. Stop framing this as something I'm intentional. Like maybe I'm actually incapable of checking all the, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Maybe I, maybe I can't. And I think that's actually helped us. So I kind of have, I I view the ADHD diagnosis as like a a helpful lens, but I think I don't, I still don't believe it in a real, as a real thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, like an actual condition that exists. Yeah. Well, so let me thread the needle on that. I think okay. I think there's a bit of a both end, right? Was the schoolwork you were doing kind of stupid, uninspired, and uninspiring? Sure, probably, right? Like that's absolutely yes, true. That that definitely. Yeah, um, but you know, I think that you know, for me, the key with ADHD is how do you do on the things that matter to you, right? Presumably, keeping your car was. And I don't know if you loved the car, but like it was convenient at least. Car, it was it was a it was a very uh, I want to I think it was humiliating. I felt really bad. I cost a thousand dollars to get it out of the uh, impound lot, sure. and I had to take I had to take the bus there. And I remember being on the bus and thinking like, what the fuck is wrong with me? But I think that was a kind of my own perfectionism, where like at that time in my life I couldn't accept like, hey, maybe there's just something wrong with you. Maybe yeah. maybe there's just something wrong with you. You know. Um, so the, it was the thousand, I didn't care about the car so much, but I did care a lot about the humiliation of having to go get it in the thousand dollars. So yes, I, I'm underperforming on things that actually matter to me. Yeah. So, so that to me is the key, right? Because like, if you forgot to, if you forgot to bring home your math book and couldn't do your homework, I don't know, maybe you just didn't want to do your homework, but Mm -hmm. like for some variety of reasons, right? you wanted to keep your car you had that like you said you had the money it's not like you were broke and that was the reason you know i assume when your girlfriend asks you to do stuff generally you're kind of a sport and willing to do it right because no. you know it's important to her that's well, not that's that that's not true not I'm, not really, I'm, I'm not i'm i'm not really a sport in our relationship but i, okay. I get what you're saying at least sometimes, right? At least some of the things you probably are like, yeah, I should probably do that. That that's a reasonable thing. Yeah. Well, if I agree, if I agree, if I agree to do it, I should do it. Yeah. There's there's things least, I agree. There's things I agree to do, and then I just I just don't. Yeah. Or at least I'd like to get laid tonight, so I should probably do this thing because it's no, matter. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, you know, I sometimes say that 
ADHD is a disorder of converting intentions into actions. Hey, I should probably, you know, send the car, the bank that holds my car loan a check this month. Hey, I should probably, you know, get going on this thing before the last minute. I should probably do this thing my girlfriend asked because it's a reasonable enough thing and I agree to do it, right? So knowing it and doing it is the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, for anybody, right? None of us are robots where we do every single thing we think of. But folks with ADHD more so really struggle with making themselves do the stuff that they don't, you know, that is kind of less interesting in the moment. Do you believe, you seem like maybe you don't, but do you believe that the ADHD diagnosis is ever a double-edged sword? Because you're saying, you're, I get I get you're saying the um, all the benefits of using it. Do you fit into the right thing? Do you do you blah, 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 like, blah. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't take people's cars away if they forget to pay their thing. Maybe somebody should call you and be like, hey, are, do you know that you haven't paid your car thing? Like, do you want to pay an hour? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe school shouldn't suck like but i feel like when i make allusions to these things you you're um you're sticking pretty strongly to i get i i don't like the conformity of it of like um mm -hmm. of not questioning the thing you're trying to fit into do you yeah. do you see that as a double-edged sword at all or are you just like no i think i think you're making a good point right like i'm definitely not saying everybody must conform like you don't you don't have to but if you, you know, want to, if it's important to you. If you want the benefits that come from conforming, it would be good to be able to do it. If you're okay with not having those benefits because you prefer things to be different, that's fine. Like I, in this case, I'm not taking the position that you have to have society's goals. What I'm saying is I want you or whoever to be able to achieve your goals, right? What matters to you is the thing then that's important. Okay, there's a lot of autonomy there, um, which is not true of all psychological diagnoses, right? Like, if you're happy having delusions and being homeless, uh, they're still going to say you're schizophrenic. Sure. Whether whether you're maybe you are meeting all your goals, but you're not meeting our goals for you. I feel like right. some some of these kids need an adult to just sit them down and say, fuck you. You know, I know you want to do your, I know you want the gold star. I know you want to do your homework. I know you want a pat on the head, but you can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have the medication. You can't have the truth. You, you, you know, they're just being told. No, you, you don't have, I mean, have you been on TikTok lately? I have to admit, I never go on TikTok. Okay. I, I, yeah. I need you to go on TikTok <laughs> because it's a, uh, it's a swamp of self-diagnosis, right? A utter swamp of, I have dissociative identity disorder. I have ADHD, um, neuro, I'm just neurodivergent, you know, whatever sure. I am. I am autistic. I'm, I'm autistic vampire gender, which is, it's all these, these people. Yeah. yeah. And, um, okay. Is there, is there any validity to anything I'm saying? Um, I mean, I think definitely, I don't know, how do I put this, right? So, you know, you, you gotta be no. clear about That's what your expectations are, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, like, some people are just bad at things, right? And that's okay. Like, you, and not everybody has to be awesome at everything. Not everybody we needs need, to we, need we need losers. Right. Well, yeah, yeah sure. Right. 
I yeah. guess it doesn't count to win if somebody didn't lose or something, right? Because then otherwise everybody gets a participation. I don't know. Maybe school shouldn't be a competition because we're incentivizing people want to get diagnosed with ADHD. Isn't that weird? I mean, some people do. Some people don't, actually. Some people fight the diagnosis when it's painfully obvious that they have it. You know, I think some of the folks who want to get diagnosed, it's because genuinely they have it and it actually interferes with accomplishing what's important to them. I think there are others who see it as this kind of ADHD or whatever the diagnosis is this sort of like, you know, magic bullet that like, I'm going to get diagnosed and take Ritalin and then I'm going to be, you know, six feet tall or something, right? Like, you know, because they're hoping that that's going to be the quick fix. And if it isn't the right diagnosis, then it's not going to be a quick fix. And even if it is the right diagnosis, it may not still be that quick fix that you're hoping for. I mean, I think part of the issue with TikTok, as I hear it, is, you know, like, as you said, a lot of self-diagnosis, but also a lot of people kind of preaching advice that is frankly rather kind of hollow, not very helpful, or this kind of toxic positivity of, I just work hard in something and blah, 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 and my life is wonderful. Uh, you know, that's some of it. A lot of it's people, a lot of it's people bragging about their struggle. Yeah. So they're, they're like, they'll, they'll, they, Okay, I saw one where this teenage girl is like in her kitchen and she's 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 like cooking noodles or something. She's like making ramen and then she's like starts looking at her phone. She's like that 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 feeling when you forgot you were cooking noodles and you start looking at your phone. It's like she's like she set it, she set up like a little skit of herself supposedly right. forgetting what she was doing and doing something else and then being like, "Oh no, my my noodles." So I'd say it's it, there's a lot of bragging about um, about being different, being neurodivergent. Yeah, it's, it's compelling, compelling video. Boy, the struggle. I overcooked yeah. my ramen. Whew. How, how do you get through your day? You're such a brave soul. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying that's an example of somebody. Somebody doesn't really care about the thing. And so it's not it's not diagnosis worthy. If you yeah. don't, if, the, if you're forgetting shit, you don't, that doesn't matter to you or anybody yeah or it's just a trivial example you know i mean it's like someone who's saying they're depressed because they didn't put in like look i didn't put the cap back on the toothpaste right because mm -hmm. i didn't have it like okay i mean i guess but like so you know but that's the thing right i think that self-diagnosis can kind of trivialize something you know that like this stupid ramen example like that's not an example like that alone proves nothing We've all had our moments where we're looking at our phone instead of paying attention to what's on the stove. Like, that's not noteworthy. You know, what's noteworthy is it happens a whole lot more or you burned up four pots or, you know, you've lost three cell phones in the last five years or, you know, you've gotten written up at work because you keep showing up late. Like that's stuff that means something, right? That's mm. actually a significant thing not just like a normal happens to everybody kind of a thing okay so you mentioned sex are you writing are you like writing or talking about sex and adhd i mean i you know my last book is all about it and you know i present it about it? adhd after dark nice yeah and uh what do you what do you talk about generally you know so the book is based on a 
a bunch of survey research I did with like 3,000 folks in couples with one partner with ADHD and one partner without. And, you know, I looked at all aspects of their relationship and their sex life and how they manage their ADHD to see how does it affect this kind of, frankly, rather important part of relationships? You know, like it's part of the glue that holds us together when it's going well. And it's part, it, you know, it can be part of what pushes us apart when it's not going well. So pretty important. And nobody in the field was really looking at it. Okay, so, so how, how does it, how does, what did you find? Well, I found a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I mean, one of the things that I found is that folks with ADHD are, this will be surprising to no one who has ADHD or maybe their partners that, you know, folks with ADHD tend to have greater, what I called sexual eagerness. So <laughs> when I asked, right, I looked at, I had looked at the 12 questions in the survey I asked that had anything to do with sexual eagerness. So how often would you like to have sex? How often do you masturbate? How often do you look at porn? How do you feel about your porn, your partner's porn? How do you, how quickly do you sort of mentally transition into sex, et cetera, et how do cetera. People feel, how do people feel about their partner's porn? Yeah. Porn use, I should say, not partner starring in porn. No, um, well, sure. Yeah. So, you know, because that's kind of an important question, I think. It's not only is that, how do you is that, feel about... Is that different between people with ADHD and normies? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I found is that not only do folks with ADHD rate themselves as feeling more okay with their own porn use, they also tended to be more okay with their partner's porn use, which is not true for all people, right? There's lots of people out there who are not okay with their partner looking at porn. So, you know, I think it it speaks to, I don't they know, would, maybe... They understand what it's like to be taken over. Well, and that that is part of it, right? How much of this yeah. is is about porn, how much of it is distractibility about like, you know, like if you're looking at YouTube, like, oh, just take a minute here and then like an hour later, right? So how much of that is kind of a time management slash hyper-focus problem, you know, or this is a friend of mine told me this term, she didn't coin it, but procrastinating, mm -hmm. right? It's like jerking yeah. off instead of doing the thing you should be doing, right? So, But what so, if yeah. jerking off is the thing you should be doing? Right. It's right there on my to-do list, honey. Had to do it. That's right. So, yeah, it's true. Sometimes that's the thing you need to do. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, if the couple's sex life is going well, then yeah. having a partner with greater sexual eagerness is great, right? Like, somebody's got to keep the fires burning. Um, on the other hand, if your non-ADHD partner is kind of pissed at you because you didn't do the things that they asked or they feel like they're doing too much of the burden of the household then wanting to get laid is probably not going to work out well, at least if you want your partner involved. It's also transactional, the way you you make it sound. Yeah, and I don't want it to be transactional, like, so that, you know, I think that's a good point. Like, it shouldn't be transactional. But you're saying but, the reality is... Well, people who are pissed at their partner tend to not want to have sex with their partner. Like, it's just a general statement. So... You know, so things that happen outside of the bedroom will spill into what happens in the bedroom. Yeah. Makes sense. I think if you make more room for um, for more uh, hate in your relationship, you can kind of um, work around that. Yeah. Well, relationships do involve hate, right? There's a yeah. certain amount of, like, you know, if you love someone enough to care... 
they're going to do stuff that you really hate they did. So, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Well, is there any um is there any part of this you want to talk about? So, let's touch on medication. Okay. Um, you know, because we talked about it in, in sort of negative ways. I'm anti-medication. I won't even drink coffee. No alcohol, wow. weed, no caffeine. Wow, total straight edge. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, I would rather get my car repossessed every day than than take Adderall. Mm-hmm. And that's your right as an adult in the world. You have that right. Mm-hmm. But you know. And so if we're talking about other adults, we can talk about kids separate, right? But if we're talking about other adults, most adults with ADHD who take stimulant medication finds that it tends to work pretty well, right? It's helpful for them to do the things that, that they would like to do, um, the things that feel important to them. The side effects are pretty manageable. If the side effects are problematic, you got to go back to your prescriber and talk about it, right? Don't Don't sit with a shitty prescription. It's not magic. It doesn't cure ADHD. We all still retain the ability to make terrible decisions on medication or off. But, you know, it can be a helpful part of making your life better in these specific ways if you're interested. How does it work? So what it does is it increases activity, increases the amount of dopamine in the part of your brain kind of right behind your forehead. And one of the ways of thinking about it is it gives folks with ADHD just a little bit more pause before they get distracted by something, before they sort of react to whatever's going on in the moment. So they can kind of think beyond what's happening right now, what's most interesting, most stimulating right now to maybe act towards something that's a bit less interesting, but perhaps more important, more useful later. So it's like a regulating effect? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Reduces impulsivity. Yeah, it kind of puts on the brakes a little bit better. So there's a little bit more kind of conscious control, a little bit more intentional control over what you do next. Does that reduce libido? Not necessarily. It shouldn't. You know, generally speaking. Oh, I'd imagine it would a little bit if you're thinking like, oh, I want to have sex. And then you think, think again. Right. Or not. Yeah, well. So I guess, so there, there's libido, which is your desire, and then there's the, to what extent do you act on it? So, I mean, generally speaking, the stimulants tend to be pretty sex neutral. Now, some of the SSRI antidepressants, for example, tend to have a lot of sexual side effects, unfortunately. So like, definitely true for them. For the stimulants is not necessarily, like most people don't really find it has that much of an effect one way or the other. Um, but, you know, it might, give you a moment of pause to say, ah, let me not click over to Pornhub. Let me do this other thing instead. But if that's a decision that you feel good about, then I don't know if that's a problem. Um, right. Do people with ADHD um, cheat more? They do. And that, that was one of the things I found in both sort of physical hookups as well as also kind of more emotional affairs. Yeah. You know, because those are different, right? Having an emotional ongoing affair is one type of a thing. Getting drunk and having sex with someone at a bar is a different type of a thing. Probably your partner's not... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, your partner's not going to be happy with either one, but I think those sure. are very different experiences. So, uh, How does ADHD play into an emotional affair? Well, 
I mean, I think in a lot of ways, but I think, you know, one of the most obvious ones is if you're struggling more in your primary relationship, it's more tempting to seek out the new and the shiny and the easy in an affair mm -hmm. partner. I, you know, and whether that's sort of an impulsively sort of taking something, the next step and the next step and the next step, whether it's, you know, I don't know, kind of talking yourself into this is fine, you know, like not really thinking down the road of like, well, you're not, where's you're this not stopping it. You're not taking stock. Right. Yeah. That you're not seeing the red flags of like, I think, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson. I think you need to kind of back off here. Yeah. Okay, why do you want to talk about medication? You just wanted to tell people that it's not it's not the way I say. Well, I think there's, you know, there's multiple perspectives on it. And again, I totally respect the right for individuals to make the decision to take medication or not take medication. You know, do you consider my consider me thing, your ideological opponent. Um not necessarily. I mean, cuz I think you have reasons for the positions that you have. So that's fine. You know, like, I mean, for so, me, does, this thing, so do the KKK. Yeah. Everybody's got reasons right. for their dispositions. That doesn't make it. Sure. Doesn't make them good reasons. I mean, yeah. for me, the big thing is I see my job like, well, first of all, I'm a psychologist. I don't even write the prescription. So I have zero I power ask to about get that. Yeah. So yeah. What, what do you, you just make a recommendation and a referral? Yeah. So, you know, really, my thing is I want people to make well informed decisions with accurate information that they've thought about how does this fit my circumstance what do i want you know what's going to work best for me and that's true whether it's adhd meds or any other thing that clients talk to me about so you know if someone tells me i don't want to take medication because it's addictive i mean it that's factually not true like stimulant medication that's used for adhd is not addictive it's not cocaine it's not methamphetamine it's not you know, drugs of abuse, it's a very different thing. Now, there are other reasons why you would, might not want to take medication that are valid, but like, don't base it on an invalid reason. It's kind of like with, the, you know, COVID vaccines. No, they don't cause infertility. That's not a, a factual statement. You might choose not to take it for other reasons, but don't not take it because you think it's going to make you infertile. Well, you know Nicki what I mean? Minaj, Nicki Minaj said that they, that, that happened to her cousin. Right. No, didn't her cousin's balls become the size of cantaloupes or something? So, like yeah. And then the, the health department, the Dominican Republic spent a day and a half chasing down records and couldn't find it. So, so yeah, I mean, again, like take the COVID vaccine, don't take it, but fear of cantaloupe balls should not factor into that. Decision okay. 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 So we, we, we both don't like the KKK. We both don't like Nicki right. Minaj's uh, medical takes at least. Right. But, do you feel like, do you feel like I, with my, um, it kind of anti-conformity thing, I guess. And do you feel mm -hmm. like, I, do you feel like we're, we're fighting, we're pushing, we're fighting a, a, a ideological war against each other. Dr. Tuckman, do you, you don't see that? I mean, I don't know. I suppose you could frame it that way. I don't necessarily have to for myself. Right. So like, mm. if this is the way that works for you, then I respect it. It may not be how I want to live my life or how the I want, no, no. That's no, that's that's not our disagreement. It's our, our disagree. Our disagreement's not about whether medication works for people. I'm mm -hmm. sure it does. Our disagreement is that I okay. If black people could take a pill that made them white, that would solve a lot of problems, right? 
I I suppose, yeah. But at what cost is is, is what you're thinking? So no no racism anymore towards black people at least. Yeah. But the problem is that doesn't really better us as people or as a society. So I say the same thing with with at least kids with or just people with ADHD. If we're if we're running our society in a way that seemingly increasingly is non-workable or non-functional for a, a larger number of people, but we can just medicate them all. The kids the kids with ADHD are the black people in this analogy. We just medicate them all so that they fit in and then we say, "Well, problem solved." Then to me, that's like, that's the society that has just turned everybody white and all patting ourselves on the back and saying, oh, we fixed racism, whereas things are so much better now. And so while I, until I certainly agree with you that each individual person, when you take psychiatric medication, especially if it's not like a, you know, total life destroying um, affliction you have. When you take psychiatric medication for depression or anxiety or ADHD, you're making your life better, but you're making my life worse. Hmm. You're making everybody else's, you're making everybody else's life worse. Because if, if it, if, if 20% of kids were getting all F's couldn't get into college, we would change how we do school. School would get better. The quality of school would increase. But if we just take that 20% of kids who would all flunk out of school and we just keep giving them stronger and newer and better medication, then school can limp on as the horrible shithole that it is and nothing gets better. So I just want you to think about that. Every time you take your Adderall, you're making my life worse. So that's where I th- that's where I think we're, we we disagree because you your your place you every time I say something like this you bring it back to the individual the autonomy and and what's going to be best for them. Every every individual black person is best served by taking the pill that makes them white, in terms of in terms of oppression. They're best served by that, but that's not what's best for um, the groups for society. That's bad for society. Right. I think that's our that's our disagreement. So I think it's a smart argument you're making. I will definitely give you credit for that. Um, I think, though, I think that it's it can be a bit of a both and. Right. And I think in terms of improving the educational system and how education is done and what are we, you know, educating kids or adults for? Yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement in that. Um, And. I definitely don't agree that, you know, just give all the kids Adderall and then we won't have any problem. Like, you know, like that's sort of putting a, a bandaid, you know, on a bigger problem or it's sort of scapegoating or it's, it's the wrong solution for the wrong problem or something. So what's your, what's your threshold? What's your threshold for ADHD diagnosis in children where you hit a tipping point where you're like, well, the situation, it's the, it's the, it's a situation we've created for them, not them. Mm-hmm. that needs to change do you have like a a number in mind for like a, a tolerance of prevalence of this before you change change your um, definition of what's happening um i mean i don't know that i could put a specific number on it i will say this you know in the official diagnostic manual the prevalence is i don't know somewhere around five percent like four or five percent that to me feels like a reasonable number you know, sometimes you'll see stuff like 9%. That feels a bit high to me, like one out of 11, you well, know. 
okay, that's that's how they're defining the disorder, or that's how they're describing the prevalence. That's how they're describing the prevalence. So, you know, I don't agree that everybody who's struggling at school should get diagnosed with ADHD. Kind of like I said, there's a lot of reasons why people struggle with school. And, you know, I think ideally we're working it from both sides at the societal level and how education is delivered. And also for each individual to figure out for them what is going to be the best. The fact that some people sort of do the things that make it easier for them to fit into the, you know, standard regimen to me, it doesn't mean that the people who don't want to fit in should have to. I, I've come to a stance. Uh, I don't think grades or academic performance should factor into an ADHD diagnosis at all because uh, of this inherent push pull. I think forgetting to eat or drink water forgetting uh like losing your phone losing your shit uh like your your backpack or whatever i think the, all the all these things make sense mm -hmm. as criteria but i think it's the, letting the education system off the hook in a way that i and throwing kids under the bus in a way that i don't feel comfortable with to use academic performance as a criteria because academic performance is also a criteria of how we evaluate teachers in schools Sure. And if you use it, use it as a way to prescribe medication to students, you're, that's a loophole for the teacher and the school. Yeah. So I would, as someone who sits in the office across from someone doing an evaluation, here's how I would think about this. I agree. I don't actually give a shit what exactly grade you have, A's or F's, whatever. What's of interest to me is how are you doing within the context that you're in? If you well, how, terrible, wait, how often is somebody with straight A's getting diagnosed with ADHD? I mean, not that often. Well, so, so you do give a shit. I mean, it's it's even oh. in the screen. They're the only reason they're there in the first place. Do you see what I'm saying? The teacher gets yeah. embarrassed. The administrators oh, yeah. get embarrassed. The parents are embarrassed. Everybody's so ashamed of this little shit who won't do their fucking homework. And so what? So what do we do? We the, we take the kid in for an evaluation, but but bad grades should be seen societally as a reflection of the teacher, not the student. So let me give a counter example, right? So okay. let me actually take back my answer. There okay. are some times that I actually do get folks in my office for an evaluation who on paper look pretty good, right? They're getting good grades, but they're getting good grades because they're extremely bright. So they're not working that hard to get yeah. the good grades and they're not being challenged. So that's maybe a different thing. Um, but also, you know, there are the students who work really hard. They're staying up till midnight. They're spending six hours a night to do what should take two or three hours. That to me means something. And I don't care what the grade is that they get. I care the fact that they're spending twice as long to do it and they're losing sleep and they're losing okay. social time and other things. So that's so, okay. Wait, 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 wait a second. That, that I, I completely agree. That kind of proves my point mm -hmm. or my stance. It validates my stance of the grades are not part of the diagnosis. You could have straight A's, but if you're not sleeping, you're not blah, blah, blah you're not doing all this other shit, then you could, you could <laughs> still be considered to have ADHD. 
Well, there has to be some sort of impairment, meaning this is having some negative effect on you. So the obvious way is you're getting bad grades below your ability, but you're right. Like, does that tell me about the student or the grades or the teacher? Does it tell me about the parents and how they handle stuff? Right. Like there's a lot of things that go into the grades that a kid gets. Um, But sometimes the impairment isn't showing up on the report card. It's showing up in the, in the stress and the extra effort it takes to get there. Or a student who is terrible about managing their time, hands in everything late, but is really likable. And the teachers cut them slack because they like the kid, you know, so they're getting, you know, extensions Mm. on things. They can do a rewrite, you know, so Mm. like that tells me about your charm and social skills, which is awesome. Congratulations. But at some point you're going to encounter a professor or a boss or or a roommate or a romantic police officer or a police officer who is not so impressed by your charm or is just a stickler and a hard ass about whatever the thing is. Cops are very hard to charm. Yeah. I've learned this from experience. Yeah. I think they're probably trained to not be charmed is my guess. Yeah. But the worst part, they're really good at acting like they're being charmed Mm. and then they just fucking arrest you anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people in my audience are unhappy with my take on depression. Uh, kind of a similar thing. People say, those uh, a depressed, a chemical imbalance, blah, blah. And I just say, depression is when your life sucks so much that you don't want to get out of bed. And you should make your life suck less. And then they're like, no, I need my medication. And people call in to my call-in show and they're like, you have no fucking idea what it's like, man. You have no idea what you're talking about. If you'd ever experienced this, you wouldn't say that. And like that, maybe, maybe, I don't know. This is just my stance. Obviously I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor, but that's how I see it. What do you think? So what you're saying is true for some people in some situations. Some people are depressed because their life really does suck. Right. There's something or things. All life sucks. Life sucks. Sometimes. Yeah. No. Usually it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Life is hard. Right. Evolution designed us to survive, not to necessarily be happy about it. So but I mean, there are also people whose level of depression does not match the things in their life. I think it does. Sometimes it does. Okay, so how do, you explain that? how do you explain your perceived gap that I don't think exists? Um, because I think that there are a lot of people who, before they got depressed, were pretty happy with the state of affairs in their life. After they were done being depressed, not that much in their life had changed, and then they're happy again. But in the middle there, they're really in the shitter. And so what's wrong with their brains? Yeah, or something. I don't know. I mean... You know, I think it's probably a mix. I think there are some people who genetically, biologically are predisposed to it. And then there are other people who had terrible experiences in their life. And that's the reason. So I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both and and depending the mix, the proportion on the person and the situation. Okay. Do you want to take some questions from uh, the audience? Sure. All right, guys. Don't embarrass me. (laughs) A very contentious relationship with my audience lately. Let's see if there's any questions already. Uh, are you skeptical of adult ADHD? I think. Are you asking me that? I think. I think he's. I think both of us answered that question. Does stress in young kids cause symptoms that overlap with ADHD, but not necessarily having actual ADHD? 
I mean, at some general level, sure. But once you get into any of the details, it doesn't look the same. ADHD medication, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is what they mean, is addictive in the sense as similar to gambling, excessive spending, eating junk food, not medically addictive. But do you, do you think ADHD medication can be psychologically addictive? I don't. I mean, I think that, so first of all, all those other things are not necessarily pure, truly addictive either. But I mean, people with ADHD who take medication don't use it to escape the reality of their life. You don't, they don't take it so they can live a smaller life and challenge themselves less. It's sort of like the analogy I use is I like having contact lenses because it allows me to drive mostly at night. I can sort of get away during the day. Am I addicted to contact lenses because I kind of like being able to drive at night? No, but my life is better when I have contact lenses. It's kind of the Wait same a second. thing. You, there's no, you don't think there's a mood elevating aspect or that ADHD medication also makes it more fun or good to play video games or do other shit that has nothing to do with no, I mean, if, if you're taking it the way you're supposed to, there's not a mood aspect to it. And actually, I, people being, take Adderall for fun. Mostly people don't. People they, take it to get shit done. Some people crush it up and snort it. That is a very small percentage of people who do that. Okay, most but nobody crushes up their contact lenses and snorts them. Right. But most people with ADHD, if you exceed their optimal dose, they will feel worse, not better. And they will ask for less. But here, here's my best line on why ADHD medication is not addictive. If it was really addictive, then why do so many of my clients forget to take it? Because they have fucking ADHD. It? Yeah. But here's the thing. If you They're going to forget to take everything. They would forget to take heroin. No, they won't. If you have ADHD stupid. and you're a heroin addict, you no one fucking gets to mid-afternoon as a heroin addict and realizes they forgot to take their heroin today. Like, doesn't yes. happen. This guy's speech aligns fairly close to what my experience has been like with trying to get a diagnosis late in life. Here's money, by the way, but don't take my drug. Does that, does psychodynamic psychoanalysis improve ADHD and how effective is it versus other treatments? I think this is kind of getting it, getting you to answer my, my kind of stance from another angle. Mm -hmm. I think of ADHD as you're unhappy. You're, you can't sit with your feelings. You can't sit with your reality. You can't sit with your, your shitty life that you've had. And so you're constantly distracted that if you, if you sat still and you took a breath and you meditated a tidal wave of fucking horrible pain would come and just drown you and you wouldn't be able to move ever again. So you just keep, keep hopping from lily pad to lily pad topics, making your stupid little fucking jokes. That's how I think of ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if that's true, then therapy would help. Yeah. So this, so this person is asking, I think in a less colorful way, maybe <laughs> a less interesting way does psychodynamics right. improve ADHD and how effective is it versus other treatments? So no therapy does anything at all to change ADHD. Psychodynamic does not change anything about ADHD. Now it might change how you see yourself. It might change how you relate to others, how you understand your past. Maybe that has some effect on what you do now. Cognitive behavioral therapy can be helpful in terms of managing ADHD, in terms of managing the feelings associated with those ADHD moments, in terms of like resiliency and you know problem solving skills and all of that. 
So there's definitely a place for therapy, but it's not going to change the brain wiring of ADHD. And ADHD is not caused by trauma or bad parenting. Like other things are caused I, by trauma. I think it absolutely is. I'm hoping he tells you psychoanalysis is fake as fuck. Do you want to say that? <laughs> um, it, would really please, say, it would really please the audience if you would say that. Right. I'm not going to put that one on tape, but psychoanalysis will do nothing to cure ADHD. But there is a place in the world for those who are into that kind of a thing. Uh, isn't there a diagnosis called agitated depression? Um, yeah, or it's sort of a descriptor, at least. Uh, when you say therapy will not help ADHD. Well, it doesn't cure the ADHD itself. Y yeah, the, the, the ADHD itself. Now, is this a tautological argument you're making where basically you're saying if therapy does improve the ADHD itself, then it was an ADHD. ADHD definitionally is that which cannot be improved by therapy. I mean, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's sort of the okay. Well, okay. I just want to make that point that yeah. you're, you're the way you define ADHD to this uh, commenter. I just want to say the way Dr. Tuckman defines ADHD is that the answer to your question cannot be yes. So therefore, um, fuck you. Okay. Now, the next question. Uh, I was diagnosed as a child, but never went on medication. It's been hard on me the last few years. I don't want to go on medication. Are there alternatives? This seems like a little personal. You might not want to answer this, but that's the question. Mm -hmm. let's, mean, say, let's You know what? I'll ask a general question. Okay. Is there anything? Is there anything that can improve ADHD aside from medication? So in terms of that, no, like the re we don't have any research that supports the effectiveness of any of these other alternative treatments, whether it's nutritional supplements, brain training programs, balance exercises or shit that chiropractors do, um, computer tra brain training, stuff like none of that stuff does anything to improve the symptoms of ADHD. Uh, we have a comment, Max reaching for every straw while sinking in quicksand. Do you think that is a accurate description of the conversation that we're having? Um, I don't know. I think you're putting up a pretty good fight. I like it. Okay. I'm reaching for sticks. I've got logs to pull me out of this quicksand. There you go. I got a, I got a fucking helicopter with a ladder pulling me out of this shit. Does the, doesn't the brain change due to environment stimulus? So does genetics even matter? Oh, you have to go. Do you have to go right now? I, I can say another 10 or 15 minutes. These are good okay. questions. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't the brain change due to environment stimulus? So does genetics even matter? Well, I mean, if you take a snapshot of brain activity at any one moment, yeah, what's going on around you does have an effect on that. But overall, I think our brain tends to sort of like, you know, fall back to its baseline, whatever that happens to be. So genetics definitely matter. Environment also definitely matters and not just the environment of this moment. But, you know, the cumulative effect of all the environments you've been in your whole life. Um, can you talk about the relationship between addiction and ADHD? Yeah. Folks with untreated ADHD, especially the more hyperactive impulsive symptoms, are at significantly greater risk for substance abuse problems. So they start substances earlier than kids without ADHD. They try more substances. They progress more quickly through the substances. So like from alcohol to weed to whatever um you know they're more likely to get things like duis and you know overuse whether they're truly addicted or not they tend to overuse more often so 
Untreated ADHD is the risk factor here. It is not the medication. Kids with ADHD who were put on stimulant medication are actually less likely to have substance abuse problems in later life. I've also heard that trauma can cause ADHD. I hope you said that before he just said that it can't because he's just going to say that it doesn't. He just said right. that. Yeah. But that comment might have come before. I'm going to give you the yeah. benefit of the doubt. That might have come before. Yeah. Uh, just go on meds. I did 32 years without life-changing i'm uh the the commas are added by me this is actually just in all caps with no punctuation but that's my interpretation of what this meant right that sounds about right okay the medication stops working eventually though stimulants specifically is that true nope if if your stimulant becomes less effective over the course of a week it's probably because you're not on the right dose yet it should be just as effective after a week, after a month, after a year. Now, granted, your life circumstances might change if all of a sudden your job gets much more complicated, if you're not getting any sleep anymore, if you're not working out, if other things in your life have changed, then that's not the medication changing. Okay. What's the connection between ADHD and teenage pregnancy? What do you think? What did he just say? What do you think it is? It's that it's higher. Okay. People yeah. who are impulsive get pregnant more often. You know that. This this other person, I got a brain scan when I was a kid and they told me I had ADHD. Is this methodology legit? No, it's not. No. Is there physical, nope. visually distinctive, distinguishable evidence of ADHD? There's corollaries, but it's not, it's not, there's no proof. There's no brain scan. He's already said this. Is it, is this a symptom of ADHD? Like, I feel like everything you've ever said to me is playing back in my head at the same time since you said it but 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 like you're uh, maybe maybe they weren't here for, at the beginning of the stream yeah. no the answer to all, all those questions are yes and then no um how do you think amphetamines aren't addictive because you hit a nerve yeah well because the amphetamines that are abused are not the amphetamines they're chemically similar but they're not importantly they're not exactly the same as amphetamines that are used in Adderall or Vyvanse, for example. So, but the other thing of it is like, when you snort cocaine, let's say, right? Yes. The goal yeah. is to get a big spike in blood levels, right? Okay. You snort it so it all gets absorbed into your blood at the same time, it all hits your brain at the same time, and you get this massive you know, neurotransmitter dump. That is the high that you get off of cocaine. Extended release stimulants are designed to give a slow, steady release over the course of 10 to 12 to 14 hours. Mm. That's completely different than the neurotransmitter change that happens from abusing amphetamines or cocaine or heroin or whatever, right? Okay, so, so to say that to say that even if you're, t you're taking a little slower amount of the same thing, to, to assume that it would therefore have the same addictive effect, but a smaller amount of it is wrong. That's not actually how it works. Right. That's the larger, faster, yeah, the, the faster uptake actually changes the addictiveness. Um, it does. Okay. 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 I'll see you in the next hotline, Max. So now I'm going to be fighting. People are going to be calling in and fighting me about the, the shit that I'm saying right now for weeks. Um, I've never struggled much with ADHD into my mid-30s, except for poor memory. Is poor memory a symptom of ADHD? It is. It can okay. be. I mean, so I, ha I haven't tried very hard to seek, treat to seek treatment. How effective are ADHD medications for that specific symptom? So this 
Medication doesn't specifically improve memory, but it, it does improve attention. And for folks with ADHD, often I kind of say your memory is only as good as your attention. If you didn't pay good attention when something happened, it never got written back into memory in the first place. So it might help with your memory, but I don't know, lots of other things affect memory as well. Uh, what is the connection between ADHD and autism and dyspraxia, et cetera? I mean, there's some overlap in the sense that folks who have one are more likely maybe to have the others. They can overlap in some of their symptoms, but they're definitely not exactly the same thing. When you say genetics matter, does that mean people have different levels of reaction to certain stimuli? So technically impossible to confirm anything. Well, when I say... <laughs> so rude. When it... These people are... I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. So, you know, genetics matter meaning... If you have a relative with ADHD, you are more likely to have ADHD. So if you find one person with ADHD, you start looking through the family tree, you can probably find some other people who also have ADHD, or at least in the case of grandma and grandpa, you might suspect, given what you know, that they have ADHD. I mean, lots of things are genetic, right? So is eye color and hair and whatever. So, you know, why would this be any different? Because it's not real. Okay, Kyle Williams, $5. I was diagnosed with ADHD as a teen, but I didn't like the stimulants. How does doctor feel about the new non-stim ADHD meds? There are some non-stimulants out there, mostly something called Stratera. They're, they're just not as effective. Like they're just at the level of group averages. They just don't work as well. Not as many people find them to be helpful and the extent of benefit they get tends to be much less than the stimulants. Um, so usually the, the recommended course is you try all three of the standard stimulants. If none of them work, then you try the non-stimulant. The fact that they didn't work when you're a teenager, I don't know what you were given. I don't know what the doses were. I don't know if you tried all three or just one of them. I also don't know, I don't know, however many years since you were a teenager, your brain has changed a bit, let's hope. So I don't <laughs> know how you would respond to it today, whether you thought the stimulants were great or terrible. So the only way to know what they're going to do now is to try them. I don't want to read this comment, but I'm going to. Was on Dexedrine for months. Amphetamines, even time regulated, super addictive. Don't believe the science stims are fun and huge community of abuse call it what it is was good at job though okay anytime you're agreeing with me about anything don't ever put science in quotes because you're hurting me you're hurting us both you're taking me down with you okay would you like yeah. to respond would you like to respond to this comment yeah so you know i saw a t-shirt once that said science doesn't care what you believe right like you can believe anything you want. The research tells us what it tells us. Now, research tells us about groups. It doesn't tell us about the individual. Did you have a terrible experience on Dexedrine? Maybe. Have other people had better experiences? Sure. Um, you know, if you were abusing your Dexedrine, if you were making a choice to use it in a way that it was not supposed to be abused, I hate to say it, that's kind of on you. Ooh. Right? That, you know, Ooh. I mean... There's a small percentage of people who are going to use this medication problem. No, wait a second. Now, wait a second, doctor. You're saying that you give 
a medication that you yourself are saying because it's a methamphetamine is addictive if it's taken improperly in a high dose something you know maybe an impulsive drug addict might do and you're also saying that people with adhd are more prone to impulsive reckless druggy drug addict behaviors and now you're saying if they crush up their pills and snort them or they take too many at the same time that it's on them i mean isn't that a little unfair well no so actually methamphetamine which is what's used which is what's abused oh sorry just 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 amphetamine right, right. so okay the i said the wrong that, word but i stand by the everything yeah. else i said i mean the reality is most people with adhd will not enjoy abusing their stimulant medication some people do like there's a small percentage of people who do there's also people who give it to their college roommates or sell it or whatever right so like there is a small percentage of people out there who use it problematically. Um, I mean, this is probably also why you don't just buy it, you know, at CVS sitting next to the, you know, aspirin, the ibuprofen, right? You need a prescription. It needs to be monitored and it needs to be used responsibly. So, you know, so I think everybody's got a job here to make sure that it gets used well. Science used to tell us black people's brains and skulls was different. With the right set of data and focused studies, you can get to whatever conclusion you wish, wished until another scientist debunks it. Okay, that's true, but it's important that you are acknowledging in your comment that another you will be debunked by more science, better science, and more productive yeah. science. So yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against saying, uh, you know, this study is bullshit. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about gender a lot, where I'm, I'm very uh, anti the like progressive transgender narrative. For the most part, I, I, just, I don't agree with it. And they'll say, well, the science shows this, the brains of they're actually women. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't care. I don't agree with it. I think but I, I but I'm not I'm, I, that's not an anti-science stance. I believe more science will bear out once we've had more time to look at this stuff and say, OK, we, we were we were we, we were wrong. We take it back. I think that's what progressives are going to end up doing. But that's I'm not trying to say that I, I hate science itself. I yeah. just I just disagree with uh, some I mean parts of it. The thing is, science is done by people, so it is politicized sometimes. It is used with a particular goal in mind. You know, black people are inferior to white people or whatever the hell is the agenda. But yeah. you know, science itself, when it's practiced well, tries to see through that. And it does evolve, right? Like better science came out and lo and behold, it turns out black people and white people are really the same in almost all ways. So, you know, eventually we did get to a better understanding. The science got better on that topic. So you can't just, dis I mean, you can't pick a few bad examples and throw everything else out, you know, because of a few bad examples. Black people are white people. Okay. Sure. The next question. What do you think of ancestral sin? People with divorced parents have higher rate of experiencing divorce themselves. I think what they're getting at is if you're saying anything can be genetic, can is divorce gen? I, I don't. I don't. I feel like this is a shot at you somehow, but I don't. I don't quite understand what it is. But if you want to answer the question, I mean, you probably okay, shouldn't so answer yeah, that. I mean, people who come from divorced parents are more likely to divorce. Sure, was that because of? what they learned in the environment yeah, right perhaps. are there genetics that cause some people to more likely to be divorced probably but yeah i don't know but like having a parent who's distracted doesn't teach you to be distracted you know like i don't know i don't i don't think it's a it's not an equal comparison 
uh, which professionals can diagnose ADHD? Um, so psychologists, psychiatrists, neurologists are probably your best bet. Um, but then also like general practitioners, so family docs, internists, if they know enough and spend the time to do it right. Also like, you know, social workers and counselors potentially could do it. Um, you know, I think the degree they have sort of matters. Really what matters is do they have the knowledge to get it right? Do they spend the time to get it right? So, you know, there are psychologists who don't really know what they're dealing with and they get it wrong both ways. There are psychiatrists who spend eight minutes and get it wrong both ways, you know, and then there are psychologists and psychiatrists who are great and spend their time and really get it right. So you got to find the individual practitioner who's going to do a good job. Uh, Adderall is addictive, but taking it is totally worth the trade off for me. I'm happy, can make art, can do my job. I'm better at being a husband and father. Okay. Good. I'm glad good it for, you. for you. Good for yeah. you, Dr. Tuckman says. That means go fuck yourself for for those of you who uh, can't translate for yourselves. Okay. Uh, would mandatory HDHD screening in schools be a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I mean, I don't know. My first thought is if people get screened, is there anything then that's going to come out of it? You know, are there the resources then to actually do anything about it? Um, otherwise, you're just telling someone an interesting tidbit about themselves or something. So, so yeah, I don't know. Is the best treatment for executive dysfunction amphetamines? I mean, stimulant medication is one of the treatments for that if the executive dysfunction is related to ADHD. But it's not the only thing. I mean, just because you take a medication doesn't mean that all of a sudden now you know how to plan your stuff and use a calendar and set reminders and all that other stuff. Like you still got to have all those other good habits and strategies and systems. So what the medication does is it might make it you more consistent in doing that stuff. Uh, this is a, I'm reading the comment. This is not me speaking. Hang yeah. on a second, Mr. Dr. Dude. Are you claiming that there are not societal incentives that could potentially condition you in ways that appear to be ADHD? He's obviously not claiming that. Why would anybody claim that? That would be a terrible, very terrible claim to make. I don't think he's going to say he's claiming that. But do you want to address the general um, sentiment here? So, I don't know. I mean, what are the societal incentives, right? That you get extra time on a test or something? Um, uh, yeah. I, well, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Uh, your bad grades, no, I mean, from, I just told you it's a silent sentence. Well, now I get to tell my girlfriend when I don't do the dishes, right. it's because there's something wrong with me. That's a societal incentive right there in our little, uh, uh, you know, emotional economy of two. If, if you add all the grades and the parents and the pressure and like, like Asians and Asian parents and their, their tests and the pressure and the grades and mm -hmm. the, the 4.2 GPA, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, Jewish parents. Sure. There, I mean, like there's culturally, cross-culturally, I think there's a lot of pressure that could incentivize wanting extra time, wanting drugs, wanting... Sure. To want to, yeah, wanting to be, I think, I think, but I think especially the shield of an, an ailment. Yeah. Well, all right. So I got two thoughts on that. Um, okay. On the one hand, sure. Okay. I mean, there's potentially some benefits that might come, but generally speaking, if you don't actually have ADHD, those benefits are not really that helpful. 
you know, getting extra time at a test, if you didn't know the answer in one hour, you don't know it in two hours. Um, where extra time is helpful is if you tend to know the answer, but you get distracted a lot taking the test so you don't finish it, so you don't get a chance to answer the last page, then that might actually be helpful to you. But, <clears throat> but the other thing about, like, you know, in terms of your girlfriend, right? So yes. this is... This is the difference between excuses and explanations. To use something as an excuse, ADHD or whatever, depends upon the other person doing the excusing. Oh, you have ADHD? Okay, honey, I guess you don't have to do the dishes. I'll do all of them. Hmm. Um, maybe she'd go for it. I doubt it at a certain point, right? Using ADHD or whatever as an explanation says, this is why I often forget to do the dishes. Given that, here are some better ways for me to get it done, or here are some better ways for you, honey, to approach me about getting it done. Give me a reminder, and then I will put in some good effort to do the thing I hate doing. Well, I'm, right? I, I'm, so I'm using it as like, it's a, you could be annoyed about the dishes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's annoying. You know, I say I'll do something, I don't do it, whatever. Sure. But then to add to that, you're, you're hurt. Your feelings are hurt because I didn't keep you in mind. I don't have a mind to keep you in. Right. And then so, and, and that, um, it's not so much about how it's going to be handled logistically, but what does it mean? What is the meaning of it? If I don't do the dishes, does it mean I don't give a shit about you? Or maybe I'm not capable of giving a shit about you. Well, so this is actually a really good point because it, this is the nuance that matters. So if she thinks that you're perfectly capable of remembering to do the dishes and then you don't do them, the logical conclusion is you're a selfish asshole who doesn't care about what bothers her. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Hard to feel good in that scenario for either of you. On the other hand, if she recognizes, oh, he does care about me but he sucks at remembering to do things, not just that I ask him to do, but he also sucks at remembering to do things he himself, you know, intends to do. So mm -hmm. I'm still annoyed that the dishes didn't get done, but I don't see it as a comment on his feelings about me. There's still the problem of the dishes, but there is not then the problem of how much you care about her. And that's the part of the, of understanding the diagnosis that can be liberating for both partners. Okay. But that, but so do you agree that that is some kind of perverse incentive for me to want her to think that I have this disease? I mean, I suppose, but I think if you don't actually have it, it's going to be hard to pull it off in the long run. Cause I think she still has a reason. She's going to notice a pattern of like, well, when it comes to uh, doing his live stream or making his rap album, yeah. he seems to show up uh, reasonably on time when it yeah. comes to something to do with me. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's a tough sales pitch to to sell that idea. Right. So, um, but I think that it, yeah, I don't know. Like the truth comes out, but in either case, ADHD or not, I think it's still reasonable for your girlfriend to expect that you're going to try to be diligent. You're going to try to be considerate. You're going to try to do at least a decent enough job on the things that are important to her. Just as I would hope you would have the same expectations for her. Um, yeah. I don't really hold a grudge the way she does. Yeah. She's better at remembering those things. No. That's not the framing. That's not right, she's Dr. Tut. That's she, has a dark, she has a dark streak. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? She is my dark streak. 
What do you think about all the TikTok self-diagnosing? Good to raise awareness and what ADHD is? Or bad because it gives excuses where there shouldn't? Or somewhere in between? If it is in between, do you want to place your ranking like on a spectrum of good to bad somewhere? I mean, I think it's both. It's totally both, right? Like greater awareness is helpful if it encourages people to seek the right kind of understanding. Bad because there's a lot of stupid things that get posted online. Just because you own a phone with a camera and a microphone doesn't make you qualified to speak into it. So does that make me an asshole? I don't know. At least on the, I don't know. Like I don't post TikToks on like international economic policy because I don't know anything about it, right? So people should speak on what they know about. Does that make me? An yeah, but, but you know about you, but you could post about your own finances, even if you're not an expert sure. in personal finance or investing. So yeah. I think it's, it, and those I think really you, I, 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 I really, especially um, because TikTok is very addictive and rewards impulsivity in the user and flicking and watching sure. in, in the videos are all 10, 30 second long little things. I really want you to sign up for TikTok. I think it would be very, very good for you. I think if I'd signed up for TikTok, I would just hate humanity more. Yeah. I mean, it was hard enough, you know, six years ago when we elected Trump, it was hard to still have faith in humanity. If I watch TikTok, it's all downhill. And you still have to find empathy and patience for all those little Trump supporters. I do. Who, uh, who you, who you need to treat. I do. Um, how does a doctor determine the difference between actual ADHD and someone who's been conditioned to five second clips via TikTok, chicken or egg? So they're, I think they're asking, um, kids, if the parent, the parent hands the kid, the iPad tells him to shut the fuck up for five years yeah. from, you know, two to seven. And sure. then the kids used to entertaining little nuggets of stimulus. And then the only place where we're not expected, even even interpersonally, that's kind of how we communicate now. The only place they're not expected to have stuff going to their brain in that format is at school. And uh, is it is it possible that kids are being conditioned to um, function that way in a way that works everywhere except school? Well, so I'm definitely I'm not going to defend you know, being on screens all the time and especially young kids being on screens. Like, I don't think that that's a good thing, but I think also, I don't think that our brains are so like malleable that someone who doesn't have any ADHD tendencies can be given ADHD by watching too much, you know, iPad time. So wait a second. um, I think if you took somebody who's like 50 or 60 and had them watch a quickly edited YouTube video. Like, okay, look at look at how movies were edited in like the 1940s. Oh yeah. Somebody yeah, says something, somebody says painfully slow to information. Yeah. It takes fucking forever. And even and even if you watch even if you watch The Matrix now, you're like, why is this so slow? Like I get it. He hit the guy. Now you can switch to the next shot now. But at the right. time, when I remember when Gladiator came out, everybody was all like, "All oh, these close-up, shaky cam, fast editing." I got nauseous. All these reviewers, dude, Leonard Malton throwing up all over the floor. I don't know what he actually said, but <laughs> the, but those those old the old guard was very off-put by the choppy editing, blah blah blah. And now right. you watch Gladiator, and and I'm like, I I watched this. I remember being in the theater. I was 15. And thinking like, wow, I can barely follow the action. 
but but I, I watch those same scenes now and I'm like this is really slow so I do right. I think I think I do think that um like you know some of my favorite action movies now all all read is really slow I, I do think you can be conditioned to expect a lot more information um a lot faster I there's a sure. guy in my in, in my um in my video game group who watches all YouTube videos at 2x mm. and he said if he listens to people talking any slower than 2x it's like intolerably slow and boring for him sure I mean, I totally believe that people get good at processing video stuff more quickly, right? Because we have, because you're right. Like, there's videos from the movies from the 40s are like just painfully slow. But, the, but uh, it also makes you bad at processing slower videos. It's not, you're not just better at processing fast videos. You're, ac I think you're probably actually worse at, at processing a slower video. Um, I think maybe you might be less patient for it, less tolerant of it. Um, but Wasn't, I mean, I mean couldn't that sorry but i still don't think it i don't think it's going to train the brain into adhd i think there's also the other factor that we have to consider is kids who spend more time on ipads might be kids who are more attracted to ipads because of they have adhd tendencies might also be because they're parents who have adhd and use because they're struggling to manage all the demands in their life use the ipad more than parents who don't have adhd who find other ways to keep their kids engaged so i think this is like it's multi-determined okay, um but, but you have like a protected definition of adhd which states that it this sure. adhd cannot be increased by these things so i think the question then is could it create behaviors that look exactly like adhd in the kid that is used to everything being super entertaining at their fingertips, cut into very small, highly digestible, al algorithmically selected for their digestibility nuggets of information that that the when they're in school would act like somebody who has ADHD, even if they don't really, according to your definition. Sure. I mean, I think it might lean somebody that way, but I don't think it's going to give them full blown because ADHD is not just about attention and boredom. It's more than that. But I don't know. Let's see what the science says. Give it a decade or two. Uh, somebody's asking if they if they watch everything at 1.75x, do they have ADHD? I don't think he's going to answer that, and I don't think I'm going to either. Doctor is a metaphorical rock. Are, is he saying? Are you saying that he's unmovable? I don't know what you mean. Okay. I think it's actually very easy to retain admiration for humanity. Well, good for you, asshole. That um, is good. Probably sleep a lot better at night. What mental disorders or illnesses have the most overlap with ADHD? Um, anxiety, depression, substance use. Those would probably be the top three. There are literally paid advertisements on TikTok saying, think you might have an ADHD diagnosis? Go to our site to make it official. Yep. Do you disapprove of that? Um, Is I don't that love your the advertisement. Idea. Yeah, no, that's not mine. I don't love the idea of just cashing in like that, especially with people who are maybe in a vulnerable moment or something. I also don't know who these people are who are advertising. It's probably a mix. If someone does, you know, actually a really thorough evaluation, actually does a good job, maybe that's good. On the other hand, just filling out some checklists and talking to someone for five minutes, that's not enough. So 
you know, you're more likely to get the diagnosis wrong in that case. And there's actually a couple of these big telehealth providers specifically focused on ADHD who've recently sort of been shut down because they're just too, they're just using shitty clinical practice, right? They're too quick on the draw. They're not doing good evaluations. They're too free with the prescriptions. So, you know, like there's some bad actors out there. So find someone who's actually going to do a really good job. And seems like they actually give a shit about getting it right and not just about getting paid. Uh, somebody's asking where to find your book, ADHD After Dark. Fucking Google it. What do you mean, where do you find it? How, what are you talking about? Probably on Amazon. I think Would they I, have it. The Amazon has it. Okay. Right. Does Borders have it? Does the Borders exist <laughs> anymore? I don't, think, I don't does know. Barnes I and, think does Barnes & Noble exist anymore? They do, but I think... I don't know. I haven't been in there in years. I think they sell a lot of shit like, you know, notebooks to write in and like headsets or something. I don't know. Or in yeah. coffee. Okay. Yeah. Google it, guys. What do you think about the marshmallow test? So I think it's interesting. So just to, in case anyone did not take Psych 101. So the marshmallow test is you take a bunch of young kids, like three to five, and you say, here is one marshmallow. You can eat this one marshmallow right now. Or if you can wait a minute, I'm going to go down the hall and I'm going to get another marshmallow and then you could have two marshmallows. So some kids scarf that first marshmallow before it's even left your fingers. Other kids will patiently sit there and wait for the second marshmallow all day. They'll wait. Right. So it's kind of a tested delay of gratification. And there's a bunch of research that's been done to see, you know, what correlates kids who wait, kids who don't. How does that correlate with later life stuff? As you might imagine, the kids who struggle with impulse control with delay of gratification tend in other ways to pick stuff that has more immediate payoff, but that may not have a future benefit. So they should be thrown into a volcano. Right. Exactly. For the betterment of society. Yep. So everyone can fit in to their square holes. Exactly. You understand yeah. me. Yes. That's the mandatory um, screening. Kids who take one marshmallow out in the volcano. Volcano. Okay. So what do you, uh, what do you think of the test? Um, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing. I think there's something generally to it, but like it's one snapshot in time. Maybe the kid is starving, right? Maybe the kid just ate or whatever. So like, so I don't know. I think it tells us something, but I don't think you should overread one specific data point. You just don't care about the marshmallow test. No, I mean, I think it's interesting, but it certainly scales up. You know, you can scale that up in other ways. So like if you're 25 years old and you put 10 bucks into your retirement plan, if you have one, right? Like that 10 bucks by the time you retire, could be worth like, I don't know, 500 bucks, right? So 500 bucks is yeah. way more money than 10. But for most people, the 10 bucks of fun you can have right now feels bigger than the 500 bucks you're going to get later. And that's exactly like one marshmallow feels bigger than two later. So we all feel the present more than the future. People with ADHD really feel the present more than the future. So fucking around on YouTube is way more fun than doing your homework for class tomorrow. But probably your life will be a little bit easier or better in the long run if you did your homework rather than watched YouTube. But doctor fucking around on YouTube is my homework. It is. You are lucky because that is your homework. It's sort of like, you is know, it lucky? Is it lucky? 
to be put in a jail where you only eat marshmallows? Um, they didn't just bring me two marshmallows, Dr. Tuckman. They bring me two million marshmallows. Right. And then after eventually you want a salad, but there is no salad. There's only more mm -hmm. marshmallows. Right. You turn on the faucet and fluff comes out. It's true. But it's more than luck. I mean, there's a lot you're doing to get those two million marshmallows. It's not I'm just working, about luck. I'm working very hard. I appreciate that you recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to say that out loud. Um, Jordan Peterson says, this is a comment, not from Jordan Peterson, but about him. Jordan Peterson says that ADHD is just something, just some, something someone who scores low in conscientiousness has. If that is not the case, how can you differentiate the two? Well, I think that Jordan Peterson uses kind of personality factors in how he describes people. But I don't think there's a direct one-to-one -one correlation with something like a disorder. I think it's just a different lens. But yeah. do you want to do you want to do you want to try to relate the idea of conscientiousness with uh, ADHD or impulsivity? Yeah, I mean, so there is some correlation there. I think it's way too simplistic and reductionistic the way he says it. But like people with ADHD do tend to struggle more with conscientiousness. Conscientiousness is about the future. Right. You do conscientious things like flossing your teeth and eating kale, not because it's great now, but because it's better for you later. So people with ADHD, because they feel the present more than the future, tend to be less conscientious. Other people, for other reasons, also tend to be less conscientious. But ADHD is not as simple as conscientiousness. It's, it's, there's more to it than just that. Uh, wrong. That's not how he says it. Okay, we have some Peterson defenders in the chat. That's okay. All right. Good. Um, I'm glad how he says it. But give me one more good one, then I got to roll. There isn't one more good one, but I'll give you one more one. Why does ADHD? Don't no, never. I take it back. This is a good one. Why okay. does ADHD not exist in France? Um, it does exist in France. They just don't tend to diagnose it. Why? But because for some reason, they don't seem to think this is a thing. It Does is this bother you? I mean, it bothers me in the sense that there are people living in France whose lives could be better by understanding that this is what's going on with them. So I don't think that, you know, the people who say it doesn't exist, they're not following the science. They're ignoring something that they could be doing something about is there evidence that they are paying for this uh are there are there do we have more um flunkies i mean i have no i don't know what the research is on that specifically but i would have to think like i would bet a lot of money on this that there are people in france who because they don't they're not aware of their ADHD because they're not doing a variety of things to address it, medication and otherwise, their lives are harder. So there are more people struggling in school. They're not getting degrees that might be helpful to them. They're struggling in other ways in terms of how they handle the choices they make and the responsibilities that they have. Probably more people with problematic substance use, um, as well as, you know, all the other struggles that we know are associated with ADHD that's not well managed. So, I will bet my house on that. I just don't have the research in front of me. 
the French are falling apart. They are. Uh, okay, well, that's it. Uh, you're free to go. I appreciate you uh, coming here and talking with us all. Uh, I hope you had a good time. Is there any final uh, thing you want to say or Amazon link you want to share or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, like, this was great. Like, I really appreciate it. I will say in 25 years, this was the most challenging interview I've done. And that was awesome, right? Well, like, great. I, totally, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, I enjoyed the fact that you really sort of pushed it. You had some smart comebacks. And I don't know if we agree. Well, no, I know we don't agree on everything. We don't, we're, enemies. we're enemies. We're yeah. enemies. Right. Yet, but I can respect that. And I respect you and I respect your work. And I thank you for sharing it with us. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate of it. Of course. Anytime. All right. Well, uh, take care and uh, stay in touch. All right. Sounds good. See everybody.